Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the SomaCast, our, our second uh, regular SomaCast. Um, this is great. I'm so grateful. Brian and I are so grateful for the tens of viewers that we had on our first episode. Well, Brian, I mean, I, at least 10. So maybe 10, 10 of viewers. But yeah, <laughs> I guess it could be tens. It could be it could be tens of viewers. Yes, quite quite exciting. Brian, how are you? How was how was your week? Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, obviously, we're 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 in I think our ninth week of uh, self at stay at home quarantine here in Kansas City, and uh, I'm uh, it's okay. I would I, I I'm fine working at home, but I wish I could leave the home in the evenings and do other fun things. But someday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm really grateful for the fact that I get to go out and take a run uh, most evenings or take a walk, and that's good. I've noticed that a lot of people in my town, so I live north uh, north of downtown. You are in downtown Kansas City. A lot of folks up here in my community, a lot of folks are wearing masks or at least uh, walking on opposite sides of the street. How, what are you noticing when you go out down there? Uh, I definitely see people being attentive to that, especially in the neighborhood. Um, but I will admit, I also see a lot of people not being attentive to that, um, especially at businesses. I've been surprised. Um, uh, I ran to get some takeout food this weekend and, um, you know, as, as restaurants are starting to reopen, uh, saw some people sitting in that restaurant, uh, not, none of them wearing masks, not observing the distancing guidelines, and even the person serving my food wasn't wearing uh, a mask. So I was a little taken aback. Uh, I'm sure I'm fine, but it's still, it feels like an act of respect and uh, kindness to to at least pretend that you're uh, exercising some caution. And I, I was a little surprised. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's, it's been interesting having to transition over with my boys very early on when we didn't know anything. It was, you know, lock everything down and now trying to help them understand. But, you know, I mean, I've got I got kids who are whose brains are not fully cooked and they don't understand future consequences terribly well. So trying to help them understand, yes, you I guess you can go to a place, but if you see people in there without masks or social distancing, please walk away from the door. And at least yeah. they've been reporting that they're doing that. So that's good. It's nice that you have uh, the excuse of them being young for why they don't think about future consequences. I, I, if only it were only the young who, uh, who practiced <laughs> such things. True, true. Uh, well, friends, we're excited uh, to have a guest with us today um, who is helping um, disciples of all ages uh, be a part of uh, this new world that we're living in. We are excited to welcome in someone who is not only a friend, uh, but a but a colleague, Aisha Brooks Lytle, the Executive Presbyter of the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta. Aisha, how Hi. are you, friend? I'm really good, considering. Considering. All, all the things, but no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm learning how to is, in different ways. Yes. How is, how is life in lockdown uh, there in Atlanta area? Um, so I live in Decatur, in the city of Decatur, and um, I probably have never been more aware of educational and class privilege. Um, as a Black female, I have my hermeneutical lenses, race, gender, class, but just really the, the class privilege and what it's like when I'm sheltering in place in something that could be somebody's Airbnb, right? Like I've got the space, I have the yard, the porch, we call it the McDonough Cafe, because I live on McDonough Street, so. 
We got the porch lights. We have the umbrella. I mean, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. If it weren't uh, a global pandemic, you'd be living your best life now, right? I mean, I I, I have turquoise Adirondack chairs sit right on the front lawn, like I'm vacation. Like I have to for me, like whatever whatever your little pocket of sanity is, if it's a prayer closet or something. So I'm trying to like, how do I live into all of this? Because we're gonna be here for a minute. Right. Right. And yet you you are living in the uh, in the greater Atlanta area, in the state of Georgia, a place where um, there seems to be a an impetus to not live into this uh, stay at home culture. Uh, there there was it was one of the first states to reopen. Yes, it was. Um, it's fascinating being a mid council leader, um, and when you're in this role, and you all know this that you that you're a template or a model for how, if you do something, other people will follow that template or that model. And it was that evening um, where the governor, you know, and I totally, I understand this push and pull of everything can't be a total lockdown or we're all gonna collapse on each other. I get that. But having to the first time to differentiate, how is the church going to model something that will look different then business and commerce, because we're not all the same. And that was the weekend that that, that April, um, excuse me, March 24th weekend, that we had to start creating a different template and a different conversation piece um, from our from our offices to say, you know what, this is going to look a little different than that. And if you choose to do that, respect it, but as it relates to worship, that has to look different. So that that was a first um, in, in that regard uh, that I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the way you framed that. One of the things that uh, we were taught at Louisville Seminary was we, they used the phrase that pastors, whether you want to be or not, you are an icon of the holy. Um, mm -hmm. You represent something about God. I remember uh, learning from Mark Lomax at one point, he was saying, uh, you know, a pastor, a pastor is an icon. Um, and so whatever it is that we do, that is what our communities do. And that, that modeling, I think, is important. You are a leader who helps other leaders. Uh, Brian and I are acutely aware of the fact that we are even a, a step removed from where you are. Um, and so we're really excited to talk to someone who um, is, is actually helping pastors on a more regular basis than, than he and I get to, and particularly in Georgia. You mentioned uh, moving worship online. Uh, this, this recording is going to go up on Memorial Day, um, and in this time of pandemic, a week seems like an eon, but people will remember that a week ago yesterday, Zoom decided to just have fun with all of us during morning worship, and people were not happy. I'm, I'm proud to say that a lot of the pastors that I know of rallied. I mean, they rallied hard, and they did a good job. Yeah. But I, I wonder if you could reflect on how you're talking with the pastors that you serve about, about a couple of things. Uh, let me give you a, a, couple of, a couple of prompts. Sure. Why are we worshiping at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning when our worship is asynchronous now? Why are we why are we doing that? I think there are good reasons for doing that, but why are we doing that? And and I'll throw this out for you. Um, a, a friend of all of ours, uh, Alice Rigel, who is the Associate General Presbyter in Charlotte Presbytery, uh, posted just this morning, are we doing a new thing? Or are we doing the same old thing with a camera? Come on, come think? on, people. Come on. I people. mean, that's that's good. What do you think? What do you think, Aisha? So I think the um I think the why 10 a.m. that um we're still afraid that somehow if we go to three o'clock, 
virtually that when we do come back together that everyone's going to want us to go to three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. And I think people aren't differentiating this moment and the creativity of this moment. I had said, um, I went on IG Live just to respond to um, on Instagram to say, what, what do you, what's the role of improvisation when things are shifting right, right beside you? And so I, there's a picture, the great day in Harlem um, that has all of these jazz greats. And I, that's kind of, they're, they're sort of like my cloud of witnesses, if I can say that at home. And I just, that the, the jazz artists are just all around this house. And this idea that like at any given point, you have to be ready to improvise. And now is the time for improvisation. Um, we had a church, two churches, we have this thing called an engrafting policy. So instead of assimilation or merger language, just this whole plant life coming together. And so this smaller church, that was a new church plant 20 years ago, is now being engrafted into another congregation. Their closing worship service was pre-recorded. And they call it like, Sofa Sanctuary, if I'm saying it correct. This is Fayette and, and Summit. And so it's a, you watch it at your leisure. So my, and I was the preacher for the, for the service. And so my family and I, four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, had church. I'm in there shouting from the couch. I'm like, hallelujah. My son was like, are you preaching to yourself? I said, that's right. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. So it was like, and then we had, and then I was able to, get on, you know, to have a conversation via Facebook or via Instagram. Like I was freed up in a new way on Sunday morning because I had participated in churches, other colleagues out in California that do a Saturday night at five o'clock. So I think I'm, I'm surprised that some pastors are, some people for, have to choose different things for different reasons, right? Contextualization and differentiating are critical in this season. And that's something you have to just really encourage people to do. Now, some folks know that their people, if they're not doing something at 10 or 11 o'clock, they're not gonna do anything. But you also can invite them to say, this is available to you seven o'clock on Saturday, or it's available to you three o'clock on Thursday. Like, this is here. And I do think that the pre-recorded worship piece gives a little more, doesn't mean that you shouldn't do something live to engage people on Sunday, but I've seen people interpolate, here's the pre-recorded stuff. Here's a 30 minute Bible study that's live. And then you, you know, so I'm telling, I mean, it's, 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 it takes a, you got to tap into your more creative self. Right. You don't have to do uh, the, the full liturgy of your regular Sunday service uh, in order for it to be real worship or real community or real anything. No, not at all. But you do have to push past fear. And you cannot phone it in. You have to, you have to be engaged. And it cannot be a, you know, all right, I did this, 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 and this. You, it, it just, it takes a lot, you know? And so I, I, I give credit to anybody who's pre-recording services. I'm sweating. I'm like, give me some more water. <laughs> like, set makeup. Like, it, it is intense. Yeah, as somebody who does video a lot, um, it, it's it's hard to, to 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 make that shift. I mean, I've got, uh, I mean, I've got I've got opinions about what I think would be most helpful in this time. Uh, you know, I love the kind of intimacy of people sitting near uh, a webcam, but but I I always have to admit that you know I've spent probably 
the majority of my adulthood trying to learn media, whether it be music recording or video recording. And for a lot of our colleagues, by God, it's, it's not just that they're doing the best they can. They're doing amazing for the fact that they've had, they've been thrust into this oh, and, and, in eight weeks. I mean, incredible. The kind of, the kind of stuff incredible. our pastors are producing is just incredible. It's incredible. I saw one prayer for one of our churches. Have you seen the meme where it says, dear God, and it's a whole bunch of jumbled letters. And then it says amen at the bottom. Yes. Well, they had two of those kind of marquees. This is during, this is for the prayers of the people. And the person had the dear Lord. And then they took the scrambled letters. Oh. And then put the like health, you know, oh, support. Wow. Like they had already had those letters pushed to the side. And then it was like, and then they put them in the thing. So it was just like, just a visualization that even the scrambled prayers Right, the spirit gives groanings too deep for words. Right, that they get translated in 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 the spirit realm, or so. Just that visual could not have happened from the chancel on a Sunday morning. Right. You know, I, I'm. You're talking about the how exhausting this all is, and I, I want to. I know we want to talk a little bit about kind of rest in the midst of that, but, mm -hmm. but before we get to rest, I, I want to ask. You know, I think part of why a lot of churches want to move toward uh, returning to quote unquote normal is how exhausting um, the, doing this in this highly engaged, uh, creative, different way has been for all of us. I guess I'm I'm curious what you're saying to churches as a as a presbytery leader right now that are saying you know we can't be shut down forever. I'm exhausted of doing Zoom video worship. Uh, help me. Are, what do you say? these yeah. churches so um one of the things that's happened as a result of this is we have like our own little um kind of crowdsourcing group on facebook that's just for you know pastors serving in our, in our presbytery and it's many people who are active in congregations or interims who are going between congregations but they um asked we asked to rehost the first um midweek check-in and that was sort of like the that was like the weekend of the 22nd of march We've met every week since then. No heavy agenda, just like a checking in, and then people will kind of raise questions. And so the, the most recent letter that we put out with the, the site, we have a reopening to reimagining task force that we put together. And so if you look at our most recent um, communication to the Presbytery, it has uh, phases from the White House, but also like our recommendations for what to do for reopening. So there, So one practical thing you say is, a, you won't have to do this forever. And if you go back, this is these are the slow steps that you'll have to take. So there's one aspect to say, this won't be for forever. So that's one thing that we're saying. The other thing that came up out of that crowdsourcing midweek Zoom conversation, which has about 20, 25 people, was they were asking for virtual resources so they could put together worship services. Like when I'm, when I'm, I, I preached a sermon on flourishing that I did all last year. Uh, my sermon for this year is the don't, don't be weary. One of them said, Aisha, if I could just pull down the don't be weary and the flourish and some other sermons from our, um, from our presbytery staff. And then in a pre-recorded sense, you could have a prayer here, a sermon here. Then the pastor does the welcome and the benediction and you do a pre-recorded song and then there's worship. So, um, so we just had our, we were just talking about that this morning with our staff to say, okay, here's a people we'd ask you know, probably want to do like a 12-week coverage kind of thing. And you know whose fault this is? Landon, 
put on the interwebs, <laughs> hey, America, I'll preach every fourth Sunday. And then my people talking about something, wow, I wish the Presbyterian Greater Atlanta would do something like that. I was like, man, this dude. So I, I, I texted him. I said, man, get on my nerves. Gotta put together the database. But honestly, you can only you can only offer these things if you're listening. And so the best way to listen in a virtual world in reality is to make sure your notifications are on when things ping and the people in your presbytery have something to say about things that are beneficial to them. So I think listening and then saying, all right, what do y'all want? Like, and, and not that you can give people everything that they want, right? But you can say this particular resource that you're asking for to be in a town of preachers filled with seminaries, Presbyterian institutions. I mean, there's, we, there's such richness, such diversity, such, I mean, it's like, for me, this Presbyterian is a microcosm of a national landscape right. of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes. new church development, we just have so much represented here that mm -hmm. it's not hard to say, you know what? We can get about 12 weeks worth of content. And then people could have those those resources that they need. And I like I like that that way of thinking because it it really is helping, uh, particularly our congregational folks, really start to, in in a real lived sense, understand the truth of what we say we want presbyteries and mid councils to be. We're here to help you do the mission of Christ uh, better. Thank you for the plug on the fourth Sunday sermon. Uh, that and I almost forgot because I'm I'm going to put that in my notes that we have fourth Sundays covered. Amen. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> friends, uh, as of as of the publishing of this uh, of this podcast, Fourth Sunday was yesterday. Uh, but every Fourth Sunday throughout this time of of online worshiping, we're going to put out a. Uh, um, a, a sermon uh, for folks to use. You can go to our website, synodma.org, sign up for a mailing list. You'll get all the information. All the information you need is there, but, but let's, uh, we, we don't have to talk about that too much today. Um, you, you, you spoke really well about listening. I mean, that's one of the things I think you and I have had many conversations many. about listening, yeah. not just listening to one another, but also listening to God. And one of the things that I have always felt um, strengthened and bolstered by you as a friend is your encouragement of me to make sure my prayer life is up to speed, make sure my, my connection to God. And so I was not surprised the other day on Instagram when you, you know, posted a picture of your dog on the back deck and you said, I've got to remind myself that it's okay to rest and relax and reflect during the midst of this pandemic. Um, I, I mean, I got to be honest, you know, there's, there's a certain point when a crisis hits, when a trauma hits, it's all hands on deck, you're running 90 miles an hour, and that's what you got to do. But there comes a point where that's not sustainable, and we've got to understand that that's not sustainable. We got to care for ourselves and help one another care for ourselves. I'm, I'm wondering how are you thinking about that in your own mind? I mean, you shared a little bit about that on Instagram. How are you thinking about that for yourself? How are you talking to your pastors about that? How are you talking to your friends about that? Sabbath and rest is an act of not only care, but it's an act of resistance. Um, yeah. It's an. It, uh, how are you thinking and talking about that these days? You know, it's funny. Um, it's funny how God prepares you for, oh, CJ, hi, buddy. <laughs> Keep that up for one second, because I'm going to link these two for you. Um, so Sabbath, um, when I first got down here to this presbytery, um, I love Pete Scazzera's work on emotionally healthy leadership. And um, he has done great work for the Emotionally Healthy Church, emo Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and um, 
emotionally healthy leader. And so our pastors group did the whole book on emotionally healthy leader for um, 2019. And it was really, really great. But one of his key things in all of his work is Sabbath keeping. I mean, serious 24 hours, stop, rest, contemplate and delight. And I was really convicted in my ministry um, earlier on about Sabbath keeping and particularly coming down in a new role that to set the tone. So ironic to have to talk about rest after having talked, they hear me talk about it all the time. If you email me on a Friday, whoop, whoop, it's gonna come up, it's Sabbath. I hope it's not an emergency, call 911 because it's, it's Sabbath. And it, in other words, it's just boundaries, the boundary stuff. So I think talking about Sabbath is one is we've already been doing that and just encouraging people to bracket their time, even in a virtual sense, that you are not available 24 hours. People do not have access to you all the time. I don't care if you're looking at puppies and um, butterflies at midnight, that's your business. Don't, don't answer that, it's their message in the inbox. Don't do it, don't do it. So this dog, his name's CJ, his real, his real name is Carl Jr. And he was named after the family that had him. We, we fostered him and, and kept him. Well, my late husband's first name was mm. Carl. Yeah. And the ways in which, when you talk about all hands on deck, Carl died slowly from a neurological condition. It was acute the last five years of his life. And so everything you're describing about how everybody turned around and all hands on deck, and we got to take care of this. This was, this was our family when we were trying to get Carl on hospice in 2014. Right. Carl didn't die until April of 2018. And that was after two years in a nursing home. So I know in my mind, body, and heart that you cannot have the same speed, energy, overexertion like you do in an acute sense, take somebody who has an illness, right? You get them all set up, you get them all set, and then you have to learn to what I used to call it, to slow dance with God. Yeah, yeah. When Carl first got sick, I said, I feel like God is asking me to slow dance. And so I, so I had to learn a different way of navigating and, and going this kind of this measured pace that, that was years. So when we talk about a pandemic or waiting for a vaccine. I'm like, waiting three months, four months, try four and a half years and then give me a call because this is nothing compared to you ask any caregiver with a neurological condition, cancer, dialysis, like you ask anybody that's going through something for the long haul. I had one of the women in the church tell me, I cared for my husband for 12 years. Like there, there is a whole, uh, y'all talk, talk to the widows, talk to the widowers, talk to the long-term caregivers. They have something to say, they really do. And so there's something, so that's, I lead with that. And I, it's crazy to have this backstory of widowhood and caregiving that, and grief that I would never would have thought translated into this season that we're in right now. So, so the image, and the reason why I put that picture of CJ up is because I constantly say that my imagery around God or my visualization of God right now it's like mama sitting on the front porch. She's sipping on tea and the whole world is in timeout. Now, you remember when you were in timeout? 
you could you could kick me like oh get my big steps oh get my and, and and your parents just sit there like I like, wait because you're in time out sit zoom crash you're in time out sits the tea breathes in the air looks at the trees pets the dog we are in time out so you can do time out one or two ways you can <clears throat> you can do all the like kicking and, and twisting on the step or you can sit back and learn something. I'm uh, I'm curious what um, you know apart from keeping Sabbath in the sense of taking a day off, not taking phone calls. What are the 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 rest practices? Uh, how how are you suggesting people put themselves in in timeout, as it were? Uh, what what is what does rest Sabbath look like in this moment? Because I have to tell you, like for me, you know. Sabbath would be going out with friends, uh, and I I can't. Uh, it would be uh, you know hanging out at home, but that's what I do all the time now for work. So so help help me rest. Help help people rest right now. Sure, I think um, I saw this one meme, and it was basically someone going on a wine tasting tour in their house, and they were like the living room, <laughs> the bedroom, <laughs> the kitchen, <laughs> the front porch, <laughs> the back porch, like, ooh. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> they had like different like types of wine in each, <laughs> each of the different rooms. Um, I, I really think that um, you have to reclaim space. And this, this takes some creativity. This takes some prayer. It takes, um, you know, like I, like I reestablished I have a standing desk in my, my bedroom also serves as sort of like a secondary living room. The big TV's there, the piano is there. So that, you know, I've recorded music up there and that kind of stuff. But I said, let me, let me change spots. And I'm just working on email. And my mom was just sitting, sitting right there, you know? And so re, recapturing solitude and connectivity. And now, now I don't know what this is like for, non-music people, not, but I just figured there's some sort of creator part of yourself, right? Like, I feel like the part of being part of God's creation is you were created to create. So knowing who you are, what are the ways that you can create? It's, or just be. Like, that's the part, I think the hardest part about timeout is you have to be. You have to be with yourself, with your feelings, and, and kind of unpack that. You know, if you're irritated with just you, all right, what's going on here? Like, or if you're, you know, if you're bored, how do you connect? I mean, it's, these are not easy. I'm not saying that this is easy by any stretch. All I know is we got to figure out, you have to exegete you. And you have to figure out something. Because this is going to be for a while. I'm not flying till 2021. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. I, I tell you, I got three existing pre-existing conditions type 1 diabetic I have rheumatoid arthritis and I'm black so I'm not going anywhere anywhere so I, I, I don't have a choice I have to reimagine and that's why even our task force you know reopening to reimagine I have to reimagine every bit of space that I have I have to I, I'm telling you just in the time of being here my neighbors and I, I started composting. 
Because they were like, you know, we compost, just throw your stuff with our stuff and we'll all have better dirt and stuff. I was like, bet. They like, do you want us to cut down that tree? I was like, yes. I've been here for two years and I haven't been slowed down enough to check on that. I mean, just, I'm telling you, just read, what does it mean to reimagine each wine tasting room that you have and <laughs> say, right. how will it be more life-giving? A plant, a book, an album. Draw. I, I even, there's a canvas Bible, like a message canvas Bible, which you can doodle in with, with pencils, with like colored pencils. I just, I, I read my picture Bible. You know what I mean? Like the one that I can draw in. Just as a, I have to reimagine every nook and cranny of space mm-hmm. so that I can see that every aspect of it can be life-giving and not life-draining. And I love the fact that you start with, we got to rest because that, that mental, that emotional reimagining process does not happen if we are not, if we're not caring for our own physical well-being, our resting. Um, yeah. That's what, I mean, as, as artists, we know this, like yeah. art does not come until all the, all the stuff is kind of put at bay for a second. And we got to do that for a second. I mean, I tell people my favorite, my favorite prayer uh, instructions are sit down and shut up. Like that's, that is the best way to pray. Listen for God's spirit. I mean, right. Cause it's the fruit of the spirit and you got to hook up to that tree, that fruit tree. So just sit there and, and, and hook up to that fruit tree. That's a weird metaphor, but you know what I'm saying. Well, but you, abide in the vine. You have, there has to be some, some abiding and you can't be all over the place if you're not abiding. Brian, I also want to say, that anything that we're gonna do well, we need to be coached in some regard. Mm-hmm. And so like as a mid as a new mid council leader, I have my uh, EP coach. She's like 80 plus years old in Ohio. And once a month, we break it down. I have a mindfulness coach because I am not good at sitting still. So I get the little breathing exercises and break it on down. And then I've got a you know, wellness coach with my, my personal trainer. All of these things are either phone or Zoom. All of it. And it's getting done. So I, I don't think we can be out here just like doing this by ourselves. I don't care if it's like peer stuff. You got to, I mean, even conversations like this are just helpful. It's like whether it's iron sharpen iron or somebody a little ahead of you or somebody younger than you, right? Like that's the other thing too. Sometimes the coaching and the, and the encouragement is coming in an intergenerational space as well especially with this digital stuff. So you are, uh, you are already doing some good coaching for all of us right now, I think. But, um, but I guess I'd, I'd love to hear what you think is, is left to say uh, as we wrap up our time together. If you had to give some sort of final words of coaching advice to, uh, to the pastors, to the presbytery leaders, to the people in the pews out there who are just trying to figure out how to, how to go on right at the moment, uh, not sure of what the future holds, what would you say? Um, the first thing I would say is to trust God and really deeply receive the love that God has for you. Because just when you, it's like taking breath in, just when you think you can, you've gotten all the air in that you can, it's like just a little bit more than that. So trust that you are really, really, really loved because you really, really are. Um, the other thing that I would say is let go of either or thinking because this it, our whole reality and existence in this day and age and forevermore is about both and. It's, you know, it's not, 
we're doing online now so we can go back to only in person or you know i see the world this way and it's it's over and against seeing the world that way there's there's way more both and that i think is going to be art surviving and thriving in the world so trust and a, and a both and mentality that's really that's really helpful um what's been feeding you lately uh before we let you go uh you, you have any books you have any articles you have any pods uh any songs any albums what, what's been feeding you lately what kind of recommendations you got for folks sure um sometimes i surround myself with books just so the titles right. like, i'm not gonna read you but the title is inspiring, <laughs> right so i've got like Smoke Town. That's about black artists back in Pittsburgh. Creative courage, leaving church. Like you know, these are all these things that I just surround myself with books that I would like to. Here's here's the truth. Um, I did download um, How to Lead When You Don't Know Where You're Going, the Susan Beaumont book. Everybody seems to like that. Just the title alone is inspiring. So that's something that I plan to read. Um, podcast. I love Pat Lencioni's work and the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, and the first dysfunction of any organization is the inability to trust. So if the church could do a whole better job of trusting God, trusting one another, trusting this new age that we're in. So um, he has a podcast called At the Table and it's just, it's just really great stuff. And so I really glean from team building and organizational leadership and how that is a benefit um, to the church. Um, I think that in this day and age, um, in a pandemic, the things that are lurking underneath always rise to the top and the disparities in race and class are ever present, uh, particularly in this pandemic. If you have not listened to the 1619 podcast um, with, through the New York Times, it is absolutely fascinating. And the last two on farming, on black farmers, that's probably the most painful to listen to. The one on music is hilarious because it's great, but the one on that. And so I'm just, I think if you're going to understand this America, you just sit, you just keep asking yourself about our reality when those first transplanted Africans were brought here. And so I think that that is something that is grounding um, if we're going to, if we're really going to talk about that and, and, and meeting the needs of those um, around us. Um, music, I am a Moonchild fan. If you don't know who they are, get your life right with Christ. Go on YouTube, <laughs> um, look them up. The Tiny Desk, the um, Moonchild's uh, Tiny Desk um, concert. So and again, improvisation. Anytime people are creating and doing improv, it's great. Um, one more musical thing. Um, Ricky Dillard has a, a new album out called Choir Master. It is all things black gospel, 90s choirs, realness and goodness. Oh my God, hallelujah today. So you got Moonchild, which is sort of like this fusion jazz kind of stuff. You got Ricky Dillard, choir master. And last plug, um, I went to school with a buddy of mine named George Burton. He has a new album out called Reciprocity, Straight Ahead Jazz, New York Vibe, gorgeous. Just gorgeous. So music and plants literally like i buy plants <laughs> music and plants and podcasts and trust laughter all those things 
as Brian and I were doing our pre-conversation planning and we got to this part where we said we we're going to ask for recommendations. I said, you know, she's going to have a bunch because I mean, you are, you are a full human being. Like you just soak in the goodness of life. And I am so, I'm so grateful to be your friend. I'm so grateful that you, uh, um, thanks. Thanks for taking time to to talk with us. I really think this has been uh, this has been helpful for me. Uh, seeing Brian's reactions, I'm I'm gonna speak for Brian. This has been helpful for this has been helpful for us, and and I think it'll be really nice for folks who are who are not in what I'm gonna call frontline areas. I mean, you're there in Georgia. You're doing this before a lot of us are doing this, and so I think your experiences, you know, as you said, iron sharpening iron. I think getting to learn from you uh, on this point, um, I think, will be a real a real benefit. So. Aisha Brooks Lytle, um, you are an amazing child of God. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Lynn. And I appreciate this time. I really do. Thank you. And friends, we will be back next week for another episode of the SomaCast. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.